every person that is an athlete or was a former athlete that does miss the hunt to do the things and the process and all that uh, to be an SDR to start out in sales. This week on Merchants of Change, we've got Kevin Reed Jr. Kevin played D1 football for Southern Illinois University for playing professional football in the CFL in Australia before starting his sales career. Today, he is the business development manager at Exceder, a scientific equipment leasing platform. Here he is, Kevin Reed Jr. I'm JR Butler, co-founder and CEO of The Shift Group, and you're listening to Merchants of Change. This is a podcast about transferring the skills and behaviors we acquire as athletes and military veterans into becoming a professional salesperson. Each week, we'll introduce you to a top performer who will help us understand how they became professional merchants of change. What's up, kid? Today on the show, we've got Kevin Reed Jr. Kevin, thanks for joining us, buddy. How are you, JR? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm excited to get you on Merchants of Change. The show, we really built the show for a pretty specific audience. Um, you know, folks that are uh, that are thinking about a career in sales, folks that are new to a career in sales, and we've also found that we have a pretty good size audience that are people that are like in sales and kind of early in their career. Um, the the way we like to go through it, we'll we'll kind of start with your sports career, talk about the transition, and then, you know, kind of leave our audience with some nuggets. Um, it, our, our mission at Shift Group, we help elite athletes and military veterans successfully transition into sales. Um, so all of our guests are like you, they're, they're former athletes or veterans that, that, are, that are now in a sales career. So let's take a step back, go to the beginning. Um, I, I always start with a pretty broad question. I, I, I'd love to hear, you know, when I ask you what some of your favorite memories are from your football career, what, what immediately pops into, into your brain? Uh, immediately. So uh, some, some of the listeners may, uh, you know, feel what I feel, uh, which is that first scholarship. Uh, and for me specifically, when I was in junior college, because I wasn't NCAA qualified, Went to junior college for three years, so I got injured. Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, getting that getting that call after uh, you know being like trying my hardest after the season, and then you know them being like, "Look, we're looking we're looking to offer you a scholarship." Uh, yeah, probably probably my That's my core. Uh, I, would, I would say, yeah, uh, I went to Southern Illinois University, so that that was you know you know a big a big jump for me, you know, crazy NFL background There's, you know, Bart Scott, Brandon Jacobs all went there. So it was, it was a pretty, pretty large transition coming from like a junior college in Oakland. I went to Laney College. Uh, Laney actually was on the most recent uh, Last Chance U. Uh, so, you know, coming from there to this was, was, was a huge jump. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that has to be a proud moment. The, the JUCO, the JUCO uh, environment, a lot different than what you experienced at Southern Illinois, I'm sure. Yeah, much uh, different, you know, no free socks. <laughs> uh, uh, only athletes can appreciate what that means, by the way. That's, yeah. that's, it's so true. Um, 
how do you like how do you think your your teammates would describe you back from your playing days uh, uh i would say i hope that they'd say that i was uh you know a, a great storyteller uh, a good time always give a laugh but always give my all you know i was I, I would be on time, but I'm always going to give you a good joke. You know, I went to school in Southern Illinois, which is, for those who don't know, 12 minutes from Paducah, Kentucky. Uh, so it's it's pretty Southern, and I'm from the West Coast. So, like, I rode a longboard. Uh, you know, I wore, like, backwards hat, and they were like, what is wrong? And I'm black, so, like, they're like, this West this West Coast California Bay Area dude is, is, is a good time, but, like, trying to just figure me out. Uh, so yeah, I think they they'd say nice things about me at home. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 incredible. Um, now you you did a you did a a little bit in the CFL as well after Southern Illinois. Yeah, correct. So was a was a rotator my my two years I transferred. Uh, got a little bit of time. Got a, a lot of bit of time my senior year, uh, and then was like you know I'm not done. I felt like I was just you know reaching my athletic cliff and tested pretty well. Uh, post post college, did a, had a really good pro day. Uh, got an invitation to minicamp with the 49ers. Uh, you know, got to be put up in a hotel and hang out. Uh, and then after that, was like, well, I have a, I have like a semi NFL like mark of approval on me. Uh, and my agent at the time uh, reached out to all the CFL teams and had me hit up, had me go up to a trip, uh, a tryout in Seattle, Washington, uh, and. You know, what's funny about that is they cut me in the first, the first like 10 minutes. And as I'm walking out, I say something to one of the GM guys. I'm like, is there anybody I can send my film to? And he's like, they cut you? He goes, no, 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 I want you to stay. Uh, so I stayed. And then that next year, I got an interception and I stayed and I stayed. And I was like the final five guys. I left that day. And on the flight home, when I landed, my agent was like, uh, uh, the BC Lions want to sign you. You're leaving next week. Uh, oh. So it was pretty, pretty long, pretty crazy moment. That was you know, about two months long before I got cut, right before preseason. Uh, you know, much faster, different game in Canada. 12 yeah. people, larger field, only three downs. Uh, a lot of ex-NFL guys up there. So, yeah, a, b- a big jump. Yeah, that's incredible. And then you even got a chance to play in Australia, too. Talk about traveling the world, yeah. dude. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that- yeah, that's like, that's pretty much shaped my life. I don't know. I, I do have a little bit of a, of a twang, I'd say. Uh, no, I talk now because of that. Uh, but yeah, so I got cut, came home, and I did not want the Kurt Warner story. I was like, I'm not about to be bagging groceries and like <laughs> waiting for my next shop. So I got on this website and they were doing like overseas and overseas football, American football. And I had an opportunity to either play in Russia because Tim Tebow was allegedly going to go there at the time and uh, ended up going to uh, Australia. Uh, started in Perth, Australia, did that for six months. Uh, they asked me if I wanted to play in Melbourne, Australia, did that for another three months. And this is supposed to be October to January of the 2024, of 2014. Ended up being like five and a half years. Uh, stayed there converted to rugby, played, played professional rugby, got to like minor grade rugby league, made a whole bunch of friends and family, you know, history. And then, yeah, moved back to New York in 2019 or 18, into 2018-ish. 
That is so cool. I did not know that. That's unbelievable. So you, so you really, yeah. you, you put your time in over there, big time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's funny. I have a my my collective friend group here is, I mean, of of the thirteen, I'm the only American most of the time. Wow. Um, wow. But yeah. Really cool. Um, all right. So you you come back to New York. Let's talk a little bit about your transition now. Um, how how did you get into sales? Were, were there other were there other industries or professions that you explored before you landed in a sales career? So I mean, no. It was really like I came home, was kind of working at other places before. Like I worked at, I worked at Apple, okay. uh, and when I moved back home to America, I was like, if I'm going to get any kind of job in like a quick one, let me see if I can work in Apple retail. I knew that Apple retail had really good training. So did that for about a year and was like, all right, Apple here is not what it is in Australia. Cause I worked in Apple in Australia as well. And like learned and from Apple corporate to Apple uh, retail, like the training is ridiculous. Like they teach you everything from open ended questions to objection handling, uh, to, you know, you know, lead qualification to, and it's all, in, it's all in like a retail way. So you don't really understand it until I got my first set software job. So, you know, figuring out, you know, what kind of iPhone do you usually use? Oh, well, why would, why would you use an, an Android versus an iPhone? Well, I can tell you why. Do you, do you use, do you use, uh, you know, Apple music, you know, stuff like that, asking those open-ended questions to understand them. And then, uh, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, so I knew about software. And I was like, I think I'm, I'm ready to make the transition to try to get into software sales. Uh, and started a company called Signal AI uh, as an SDR and kind of just, you know, hit the ground running. I was, you know, came in on a team of eight. A lot of the younger people, I'd say, compared to me at the time, I was like 27, 28. But I had that, like, I had that, I had the, the, the athletic, the sports athletic background and then the ability to, uh, you know, understand the things that I already knew. So I just put that the extra effort in it and essentially just started getting in front of them every time. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I think, I think any type of like retail sale, I mean, especially Apple with the training, but any type of like, you, if you can bartend, you can serve tables, like anytime you can interact, like, because you get so many at bats in those types of situations, yeah. you combine that with the fact that they're teaching you how to ask open it. That's like phenomenal training ground for being an SDR. Now, obviously going into like business to business is a little different. Now you got to pick up the phone. Now I heard, mm -hmm. I heard you have a really awesome first cold call story. So I'm, this is my first time hearing this too. So I'm excited. Okay. So don't want to put too many expectations on it, but uh, so yeah, I'm like week two in and funny enough, my uncle is actually a C-suite at that business. Now it's called Thermo Fisher. Uh, they're actually in Boston, very, yep. very large, like a fortune very 20. Large. Yep. Uh, and, you know, get all hyped up, we get a room. I'm like, we're going to make cold calls. Yeah, I'm ready. You know, that first, I finished my ramp. I'm ready to make calls. I'm open. I get in there. I'm with another guy who actually played college track, who ran college track. So he's like supporting me like, bro, we athletes, you got this. You're, you're a big dog. You got this. So we sold before I was at a uh, strategic communications tool. Uh, we sold to C-suite executives in the communication space. So I'm calling uh, a VP of communications at Thermo Fisher, $65 billion, uh, you know, revenue business, Fortune 20. Pick up the phone, ring, ring. She answers, I hang up. 
and I started having a panic attack over <laughs> and I was and I was shook. I was like, that was not as easy as I thought it was gonna be. And he's like, Are you serious? I'm like, bro, I can't, I can't. And I ended up I just got up and I left. Uh and then yeah, I I, st- I I said to myself, if I trust smaller people who I don't care about, I can get better at it. And that's why I started from. Uh, but that that was my first cold call story. It was, it was it was pretty it was pretty surreal. And I'll never forget it. And it was actually like me and that me and that buddy we talk about it. He's just like looking at me in disgust. Like, come on, man, you you hit people. Thought you were a linebacker. I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> not the same thing. <laughs> it is. It is. It's it is scary at first, but like you said, you practice practice perfect. Practice makes perfect. It's just like sports, man. Um, and you start getting a little more comfortable out there, right? Um, what do you, when, when, when you like got into that SDR role and you were doing it for a while, what do you think like the biggest like skills, traits and processes you started to like make these parallels? Like, Oh, this is just like sports. This is just like sports. Like where, where were you seeing some of those connections, um, after you were in it for a little bit? I think the practice make the practice makes perfect method, uh, and repetition. You know, I think those two things of practicing as much as possible and creating that repetition, uh, you know, really, really raised my level, but also like the, you know, the early grind kind of mentality where if you get there early enough, you will start to learn, you know, you'll get an extra hour above everyone else, uh, as well as the rinse and repeat, as well as, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the repetitions. And then, you know, doing that later as well. Uh, those, those things, I think, really, 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 uh, you know, made my career early on come full circle to really, like, let me understand what was going on from, like, a, just a, a sales development perspective. Uh, and gave me the ability to ask all the questions to everyone else who were, who, were, who were good as well. Just like you do on a team, you know. You show up as a freshman or a sophomore, and you're like, who is the best guy on this team? All right, I found him. What does he do differently than everyone else? Okay, I want to do that. Now I got to get here earlier and stay later than everyone else to do that, to achieve those things. I think anyone who's ever been good at sports knows that, you know, the most elite that isn't just relying on their athleticism does the extra miles and, you know, they, they do those things. 100%. 100%. It's a, di- it's a direct translation into sales and success. It's yeah. like, that's why I have this behind me. Nobody cares. Work harder. Yeah. Um, I love it. <laughs> um, now was one thing that we talk a lot about, and I'd love to get your take on this, that I, I think this is one of the reasons that athletes can do really well in sales is, is this idea of like having a routine, having an operating rhythm, building structure. Did you, did you find yourself like going back to those old days of like, Hey, this is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm doing tomorrow. Like, did you have a plan or did that take a little while to develop? No, that's that's 100% right. I think because I had that athletic background, I watched, you know, freshly college SDRs come in and just kind of just wing it and show up to work every day and like plan their day from there. And me, it wasn't like that early on. It was like the night before I plan for what I want to do. Uh, and then, you know, strategically like block out my calendar and follow that. You know, I, I say like some a saying, I always say to some of my colleagues I work with even now, I'm like, uh, you want the, the calendar to control you or you to control your calendar. Uh, and I say that because if you, if you block it out specifically, 
then you can have a guide to at least wiggle through it versus it just being blank and you just, you know, free freelancing through the day, going here, doing these tasks, doing this, doing that. Um, but if you have call block logged in there, one to two, then you know for a fact you have to do the call block or you're, you know, you're not doing it, which is, you know, makes you think in your head, not, not a good habit. You know, it's, it's a whole rhythmic thing. I think that all came from, you know, my playing career of, you know, having to be accountable for yourself, you know, being responsible. Uh, and really, I think, you know, from the SDR standpoint and like my whole business development journey uh, is like, you're managing yourself uh, and to manage yourself, you have to be efficient. And if you're going to be efficient, you got to do the right things. Uh, to do the right things, these things have to be put in order to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a broken clock is right twice a day. So like, if you don't have a plan, you can have, you're going to have a good quarter once in a while, you're going to have a good year, but for that consistent success, that happens on purpose and you've got to have that purpose built into your, into your schedule. I I mean, we're going to cut that clip and we're going to spread that thing everywhere. Cause that's, we, we, we emphasize that so much with, with our guys and girls. It's like, you've got to, you've got to put together a plan. You've got to have a routine. Um, now I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this. Um, a, a, a player from Southern Illinois calls you and says, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about getting into sales. So first, before, before we talk about like where they're going to go, what, what are you kind of asking them or talking about to make sure that sales is, is potentially a good fit for them? Like what kind of questions are you going to ask them? or make them think about? So I think the first question is, are you going to miss your sport? Do, do, do you love, do you love your sport? I love, and they say, I love my sport. I'm going to say, are you going to miss it when it's over? And they're going to say, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss playing basketball, playing tennis, uh, playing, you know, hockey, playing anything. Uh, and then it's like, I think every person that is an athlete or was a former athlete that does miss the hunt to do the things and the process and all that, uh, to be an SDR, to start out in sales, I think. Uh, it does, it doesn't fill the gap completely. Like you, you can't put contact on people. Uh, but going after someone for two months straight and booking a call, uh, you know, when someone else across from you is also trying to go after the same size of account as you, uh, and you get there before them is the same competition level to a point. Uh, and then the best part about it is, uh, you can get paid. So it's like the better you do and the, and the, and the harder you work, you're going to make money to live a way better life, but you still have that hunting aspect that you always will miss. So, you know, the jump, the jump shots used to take every 15 minutes, uh, you know, every fifth, every for 15 minutes before you're about to, you know, go to practice or 30 minutes before you're going to practice. You can now do that from an element of sales of just pre-prospecting, you know, 15 accounts before you do it. Or, you know, just, I think if you, want to still be, uh, you know, I just engaged with like your life. And I think sales is, uh, is the direction for all of the former athletes who, you know, a lot of the time lose direction and we're done. You know, there, there's not a, you have a less than 1% chance to make any of these pro leagues. And then when it's done, it's done. And then, you know, you're, you feel like you're a desk warrior. It's like, nah, you stand up and you can make calls and it's way, it's more fun than you think. And, the, the results and the reward is much nicer. You know, you get paid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an industry where when you get like five, 10 years into it, you can make as much money as a professional athlete. Like, Absolutely. it's, it's the know, same, you know what I mean? And, and I really like that question of like, 
are you going to miss your sport? And then you can kind of pull that string. Like, what are you going to miss about it? Like, are you going to miss that competition, that, that scoreboard, that like that win and lose, like, right. Cause you, cause as much as we, everybody loves to win, I think what really drives us as athletes is we hate to lose more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that's what great salespeople have in them too. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it, I think it also, it, it shows like, you know, your, your true character of like, you're, you're a hunter, you know, you were a hunter. So, you know, keep hunting. And, and like, especially the ones who are pretty big workhorses, it's like, you don't have to stop at five. You can go till seven. I don't recommend it every day, but like, if you feel like you have two more hours in you to call California and you're on the East coast, get after it. Um, and like that fulfillment is there the same, the same amount that you would do if you were going to run routes after practice for another hour or, you know, get some extra shots up or, you know, do some extra sprints. Uh, that same technique and want and drive is still able to, you know, put it into your professional sales career, I, I think, uh, yeah. and what you do. Yeah, 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. Now, what what do you think? We, we have a lot of, uh, we don't, typically we don't really have like exclusive agreements with our customers. So usually like, especially a really good candidate, they're usually interviewing at a couple companies. They're getting a couple offers. And we have a lot of conversations with them like, well, this one is 5K more, right? Or this one is, this one is remote and this one is hybrid, you know, and they're, and they're, and they're you know, they're asking me like all these questions and, and, and I'm always kind of pushing back, like, guys, that's, that's not the important stuff that you should be, you should be evaluating this first opportunity for. In your opinion, if you had to like, kind of like put together a list of things that they should be focused on in that first that first company. What do you think the the right type of first company looks like, especially for a former athlete? So, obviously, if you guys are setting them up with them, they're going to be decently compensated, and that's you know just the bare minimum, right? If yeah. that's if that that should be the break right there. From there, I think it's looking for mentorship in the leadership that you that you speak to while you're going through the interview process if you feel like that there's no leadership qualities in the people you're 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 speaking to then it probably isn't a place for you that that that's like my that's probably my number one thing and my only thing if i can feel like i can find someone to attach to by the hip and create a battle buddy with then we can i'll i'll sell mouses i don't care um i've already sold those but you know what i mean um but like yeah, I think that is the key thing. And then and then the and then all the other stuff is relative, like going in the office, uh, you know, remote. It's like I, I think the biggest thing you should be worrying about is is this person, if I spent two and a half like two years with them, because let's say if, if this is an SDR role, you know, that's a that's a two year at max development role where in two years do you feel like you will be elite after? Right? If yep. that, if you feel like that's a true buckle down, do the two years and be ready to be an awesome individual post two years, all the other stuff relative, uh, and you should, you should, you shouldn't really worry about them and, and, and it shouldn't be a make or break. I think the coach, that part, the leadership coachability part is, is a non-negotiable. The other stuff, if the, if the, if they have this, you better go in the office every day for five days. Don't matter if that can level you up. That can level you up to the amount of people that are at 
one, two, three, four, five jobs uh, in sales a year because they just have bad leadership and they just don't pick those things. They pick money. They pick, uh, you know, only remote. They pick, you know, Tuesdays only. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of things that people can do uh, that don't help you and hurt you for, you know, much longer than you think. Yeah. Yeah. We, what I always, what I always ask when they have, when they have two, they have two offers, I say, which leader, which leader do you admire more? Which one do you want to emulate someday? That's the company you should go to. I don't care about anything else. Product market fit, office, none. Pick the one that you feel like you want to emulate and you want to, and that you admire because that's who's going to lead you over. Like you said, the, the, and by the way, it's just like sports. That first like six to 18 to 24 months of development is so critical for the long term. So if you can find someone that can really shape you well in that first foundational uh, job, that's a game changer for the rest of your career. Forever. It's, it's, so, it's so crucial. And uh, I think slept on that, that that isn't acknowledged enough. You know, people see the, sh- the shiny lights and they go straight to them. And it's lo- the wrong things to be looking for. That, yeah. that leadership, coachability, quality is is key to success in anybody. What do you think? Um, what do you think is the trick uh, to a fast start as a as a BDR? Like like what are the first thirty days? What do you what are you going to be coaching these kids up to do in those first thirty days that they're in, that they're in a new company? So myself, I think is getting them comfortable with saying, you know, hi, I'm Kevin. How are you? You know, like getting those, 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 those tangible, can, can we get a talk track that is like solid because they can kill interviews. And the minute we, I'm a, I'm a big mock call guy. I'm a big mock call guy. Get on the, let, let's mock call. And we mock call 10 times. I promise you by the 11th, you'll feel so much different. Uh, and, that, and that's what I'm big on. It's like, it's like sales enablement and the, the rest of the team can teach you the product, but I'm here to be like, you know, hi, JR, this is Kevin calling from Exeter. How have you been? And you're like. Let's repeat it. Rinse and repeat. I, I, I'm a big stop you in the middle too. It's like, hi, this is no. Start over. You know, I, where's the value selling narrative? Okay, hard. There's your hard ask. Okay, they, they've given you an objection. Push through the objection. Okay, that's great. Oh uh, well, what about you know? And then always finish with a kind goodbye. Because because and at the end of the day, you don't lose sleep over this. You know, they they may they may give you a big f bomb at the end of it, and it's like, okay, well, thanks so much, Karen. Bye. You hang up, you know, like, I think that's, that's the two things that, you know, being able to pick up a phone and, you know, have that intro mock call because that's where the bread and butter is made and leaving all the emotions on the phone as well when you hang up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that kind goodbye. That's really good. I've never heard that before. I'm stealing, I'm yeah. stealing that, Kevin. Just so you know. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I, I don't think you, ch- you chose the name Karen by accident for the FU caller. Uh, <laughs> No comment. <laughs> uh, so um, before we, we have one final question, uh, Kevin, but yeah. I want to actually talk a little bit. You, you have like a, like a, you've co-founded like a little passion project in the nil space, which I, I, I would just love to learn about. That's something that's a big part of our business. We, we, we have a lot of nil partnerships with college athletes to get our name out there. Um, what is, what is the name of your company and what do you guys do? Yeah. And it's, you know, people like you that have kind of inspired me, you know, ex-athletes that have created companies. 
so we're called All Gas Athletic. It's my my passion project right now. Uh, co-founded with two other individuals that I you know worked with and grew up with. Uh, but essentially, what we are is we like to call ourselves you know a creative sports agency uh, that bridges the gap you know between athletes and brands. And and I say that with you know being an ex athlete playing high level college sports, so division one and professional, and then having, you know, the business development uh, expertise of reaching out to reaching out to fortune 10, all the way down to mom and pops uh, and closing all and closing deals as well. I can be the person that, you know, puts you in the position to speak to uh, how, uh, you know, to work with these brands, you, you know, using your name, image and likeness, which, you know, for those who don't know in June, 2021, uh, became legal for, you know, athletes, not like me and Jr. who should be back paid, but, uh, you know, now they can make money off of, you know, their, their likeness. And that's like their reach on their social media. That's, you know, uh, you know, working with, you know, people in the community, that's anything they do before was free. <laughs> the fact that I did so much free stuff. <laughs> uh, and I just, it's just, I think for me, it's like being an advocate for these athletes who are not being represented appropriately. Uh, and I've been there and I know, you know, what it takes and how it works. And then I think where I've, you know, where I got a little bit of inspiration from you is like also being a guy post that, like you guys are done playing. What direction do you want to go next? Like I'm, I'm, I work right now. I do, I do uh, a, you know, a professional job. Do you feel like that's a direction for you? There's a lot of other directions. I can, you know, point you in the right direction. Let's talk about that. That's why I like to call it a creative sports agency because I like to be, you know, uh, you know, take that kind of agency partnership, brand partnership role, but also like be their advocate post sports uh, and, uh, you know, guide them to, you know, the people to speak to, you know, the JRs of the world, uh, you know, you know, you know, the people that I know uh, in any of the other industries that they can connect with, you know, if they want to do, uh, you know, working with, you know, other athletes they want to get in student they want to be a teacher uh just you know being being a, a shoulder i think that is not someone who uh is you know post-university trying to take all their money or you know their likeness for nothing yeah yeah i mean i listen i i think nil in general was much needed it came it came way after it probably should have to your point um <laughs> And it's, it's really good when guys like you are there to support them, because like you said, there are people out there without those good intentions that are going to try to take advantage of these kids. So the fact that, you know, you guys are, you guys are out there advocating for them is huge. And, and you're right. Like the combination of your sports background with business, because that's what these kids need help with. They need to know how to reach out to these brands, how to position themselves it's not just like I can speak to it as a business owner. I don't just look at the number of followers you have. I want to know who you are as a person. And like, what does that mean? If, if you're going to be talking about my brand, what does that mean for me? So that's, that's a really cool, by, by the way, I love your name. I know you follow you, you were connected on LinkedIn. So, you know, my hashtag is always all gas, no breaks. So I love all, all gas sports agency. It's awesome. All gas athletics. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's uh all right. Yeah. It, where did that come from? All gas athletic. Yeah, so uh in the Bay Area where I'm from, I went to junior college in Oakland. Like 
during the 2007, 8, 9 area, it was a very, very common word, like for any kind of sports mentality. And it was always all gas, like always. Uh, and a friend of mine was like, I mean, you're from the Bay. Why not all gas? And I was like, all gas. And like, obviously, where I went to school is Oakland Athletic. I'm like, Oakland, I'm like, all gas athletic. And it could be universal for what I want to do. Uh, so I was yeah. like, you know what? Let's roll with that. And like you said, I'm a very all gas, no break kind of person. Like, I am, I, love I, if I love something, I will stay up till I need to, to just researching and learning and, uh, you know, being a big, you know, having that obsessive, you know, mindset about it. And I, that's why you know, I, I do love your post when you say, oh, gas and breaks. I'm always like, yes. It's I love it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, this is our final question. Then we're going we're gonna to let you go into the weekend. Um, we, so like my whole, my whole thing, people always ask me, JR, why do you only focus on athletes and veterans? And I always explain to them, I'm like, because I don't need to explain to these types of people what it means to be dialed in. And my whole career as a sales leader, if I was describing a rep that was awesome, like one of my top reps, I would describe them as, oh, she's dialed in or he's dialed in. So I'd love to hear from your perspective. What does it mean to be dialed in as a sales professional, in your opinion? <sighs> to be dialed in, in my opinion, you know, maximum effort at all, at all times. Uh, you know, the ability to, you know, power hour after hour, after hour, after hour. Uh, and, to, you know, I think to be relentless in, you know, about like meaningful and have purpose, but be relentless in what, you know, you, you want to do or, or the task you want to go at. And I think sales, to be good at sales, I don't think you have to be relentless, but to be great and get paid in sales if you're relentless, you will feel very nice. Like you will feel there, there, there's no, especially from the backgrounds that listen to this podcast, you will feel better. You will feel, you know, like David Goggins, you will feel like a true sales, like a true savage in terms of like what uh, it embodies uh, to just, you know, be great. And I think it, it replicates playing, playing a game, you know, re relentless consistency to go after stuff. Yeah. I love it. Relentless. Hashtag relentless. I think we just got our, our episode name. <laughs> that like might that. be my favorite answer. So I like far. that. I like that. <laughs> uh, Kevin, thank you so much for, for giving us some time, especially on a Friday afternoon, man. I really appreciate it. Our candidates appreciate it. Uh, our audience appreciate it. Thank you so much. You've been amazing. Thank you so much, too. Best podcast out right now. This wraps up this episode of Merchants of Change. If you enjoyed this episode, the most meaningful way to say thanks is to submit a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're interested in working with us, please come find us at www.shiftgroup.io.